Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Poor Charles 411. We're finally here. Asian Quarter. There is so much information. The amount of videos. We watched the 200 video playlist for the most part, may have fallen asleep here and there. And there was still a playlist after that. And there was another playlist that had over a thousand videos. And there was definitely sections missing in the 200 that we watched. Although other than the Mexican adventure, which was the two hour and a half collections, I feel like this is the most thorough, Mm -hmm. well put together. Absolutely. Playlist. I mean, you can just. Sit and watch it. Sit and watch it. And it all and you're makes not going to get lost. Sometimes you're like, okay, this is, I think, what I missed. Mm-hmm. I feel like if anytime, if you're watching a soap and you miss a few days, a week, a month, you can usually pick up exactly where you left off right. without going back a whole month. But then you realize, oh, I didn't see this happen or that happen. That was what it felt like with this playlist. You saw a good percentage of it and what you didn't see, you could figure it out. It wasn't difficult to see where they were going from. Yes. So there's a couple different write-ups. Curly Q Girls, Robert, Anna, Robert, Holly, and Anna has basically a write-up of every single episode that Robert, Holly, and Anna were in starting in, oh, just starting with the fifth write-up. <laughs> the fifth one, because I think, I mean, she covers it all. Yeah. We cannot, we're not going to do a 12-part series the way that we did Alan, although I really feel like we could. But we're going to use parts of this. Also, the Scorpio files, the Asian Asian Quarter mystery, some of our notes from the YouTube, which we're just going to share that one core playlist in the show notes. It's really so good. Did you know this? Did you what did you know about the Asian Quarter before we started this? So I didn't know that I knew anything because again this was 1985 so I was five years old and just watching it in the background but as I started watching it as soon as um when Frisco and Felicia were in their apartment 
or Felicia's apartment and the lady of my heart started playing. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. I know. I know too much about this for the fact that I was only five back then. And then whenever they started talking about, I won't like give it all away, but what was missing and what they needed to find. I was like, I know where those are. I remember seeing that. I I know how the storyline goes. I didn't remember names, but I'm awful with names now. So not shocking that I didn't remember them from whenever I was five. But yeah, this is where I fell in love with Frisco and Felicia. I mean, the whole world did. So yeah. Do you do know that they were not together during this time? This is not when they were together. She was married to somebody else. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. They didn't get married until 1993. Wow. Yeah. No, I did not know that. So in case you did not know, Frisco and Felicia got married in real life. Mm -hmm. Christina Wagner and Jack Wagner. Mm -hmm. She still goes by Christina Wagner, Mm -hmm. but she did not when she... No, I didn't know. I knew... Like I said, I knew that they were together in real life because I had a family member that worked with Jack Wagner on some of his music stuff. So what? I, we've talked about this before. No. Yes, we have. We've talked about this before. Well, I am not listening to 300 something episodes of our own show. So. <laughs> it's not somebody that I could talk to to like get them on the show and ask or else I would totally do that. It was one of my cousins was married to a woman who was in like the music scene. And so she sang backup for Jack Wagner a couple of times. And so, yeah, it was like, Oh my God, you've actually met Frisco. And I stared at the back of his head for hours (laughs) on end. Exactly. And my family um, that lived in New Jersey also watched general hospital. So whenever their daughter-in-law, sister-in-law, whatever was like, Oh yeah, I'm singing backup with Jack Wagner. It was, you know, like Tuesdays. Right. That's what we do on Tuesdays. Exactly. So yeah, it was a big deal, especially, especially back then. Cause again, I was like nine and I was like, Oh my God, you sing with a famous movie star, even though it was general hospital in my mind, that was movie star. Yes. So anyway, yeah, I didn't really know. I knew in general of it, in general, on general hospital, in general of general <laughs> hospital. Yes. <laughs> and I know from Brad mm-hmm. that he had ties to. Yes. We obviously knew that the Wu family was one of the five families. Right. Ever since Sunday. I didn't know about, about this entire storyline. I feel like I'm probably going to share more of the, I didn't knows as we talk about it. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot of things that would be completely different if it was written now. Oh, yeah. We are a thousand percent aware of that. Yes. However, we are reading. Right. Don't tell the messengers. Yes. We are not responsible for how this was written. There are definitely things that would not be okay. Do you think that this was brought about at this time frame, though? Because wasn't this when Karate Kid came out? Wasn't Karate Kid like 83? 84. 84. So do you think that they were trying to get the Asian culture, more viewers from the Asian culture because Karate Kid had done so well? I don't know. That's an interesting thought. My biggest question is, what happened to all these people? Right, right, right. It just, we officially claimed it and now it's done. It's (laughs) right. That does not get answered anywhere in here Uh -uh. and i think that that's part of the second big playlist perhaps is but why where perry shen when we interviewed him said he was the longest running asian actor with of asian descent 
he had been playing Brad for the longest amount of time yes. in any soap opera, correct? Yes. We'll have to reshare. We might reshare our interview with Perry as a bonus episode. That would be nice. And but he talked about that. And I'm like, seriously? Right. Right. No, it's I mean, just, yeah. Again, the way that they talk about some of this stuff is so not okay for modern times. But it it was still not okay then, but it was it more, was more accepted then. I mean, it was more ignored. Okay, there you go. I, yeah. I mean, I was three, so right. I don't really know, remember what it was like. But I mean, they didn't pay attention to it. Right. They weren't like, hey, is this offensive? Exactly. Should we be writing this in a different way? But there's, we've talked about it. There's a lot of stereotypes that still. With any show, you're going to find stuff that was acceptable 10, 20 years ago, and it's right. not acceptable now. Well, we've talked about it evolving. even with the stereotypes around autism and everything that are currently being right. ironed out with Leo. Like, we still see those stereotypes being portrayed in most yes. media. So, always learning. Once you know better, do better. Right. Exactly. This was a time where they just didn't. <laughs> right. I mean, there's no way around it. So, we are going to tell the story as it was written in 1985. Exactly. Yeah, but no, Ryan, you know, got to watch some of these videos with me, not watch them, but like listen to them. And he kept asking, like, why did they do, what was the purpose of this storyline? Because this is like a huge thing. And all I could come up with was that would have been the time that Karate Kid was out. I wonder if this was the way of getting some new viewers. See, my thought was, and I don't know, and I actually meant to look it up to see, was there, because they also do a lot of true to life. Oh, was there. You know, because the majority of the story is the internal struggle between the community mm -hmm. against itself because one side wants to do this way. The other side yes. wants to do this. Was that potentially something uh, that was really happening? Okay. I don't know. Okay. But, and then none of the write-ups <laughs> start with what, in my opinion, is really one of the big... I 100% agree with you that the storyline started back with... Frisco and well, it doesn't start start with that, but it's a big catalyst for why Frisco gets involved gets in yes to all of this is him and Josh working at the Teen Time um, TV show. TV show. My problem. I'm going to totally let you run with. You're absolutely right. That's why I feel that it started. But how old were they supposed to be that this was? We already time? talked about this. And we talked about the fact that 90210. No, not even just that. Did you have to watch Channel One in your high school? Yeah. Okay. Anderson Cooper. Yes. Emily Sign. Yes. yes. Okay. So they were teenage people. Yes. Or a little bit older than teenage. Yes. Speaking to us about things that were happening in the world. Yes. And I don't want to use the word dumb it down because they didn't dumb it down, but they brought it true to life. Imagine if you were at the mall and this happened, that's the equivalent of what's going on here mm -hmm. kind of thing. Those people on Teen Talk in Poor Charles were not, and again, it's not dumbing down, but not bringing the news stories to the level of teenagers. They were discussing ancient jewels that had been stolen and Aztec princess this and blah, blah, blah. And they did not say it in a way that related to teens' life. It was a regular. Or have news we just station. dumbed down teens now because there used to be? I don't feel like that. You don't think teenagers have been dumbed down? I definitely think that teenagers have been dumbed I, down, but I don't feel like that show 
would have appealed to other than the fact that the hosts were hot would have appealed to any teenager at that time. The way they spoke about the news was not interesting. It was an adventure. He had just gone on a huge adventure and come back. I don't okay. know. Well, if you want to watch it, you can go ahead. If <laughs> it ever became a real show, you're on it. But nope, I was not feeling it. No, I don't know. But so none of the write-ups. So basically how the whole thing starts is when we ended with the Aztec treasure, they said a new treasure was around the corner mm-hmm. or whatever. And it starts. That's the hard thing. There's not really a start to it, but what led into it. Yeah. So like we get introduced to Mr. Wu and we learn about the fact that Mr. Wu is like the businessman who's trying to part of the Asian population is basically enslaved to him and they're earning like pennies an hour. The one lady said she worked all day and she made $5. Yeah. And Frisco had a problem with that, but that's in the future. The other part are looking for these black pearls because they're being sold so that the the co-op, the Asian co-op, that's what they were called, Mm -hmm. could purchase the cannery. Yes. And these people could actually make a living wage and be free and independent and live on their own. That was the rift. Frisco and Josh had been talking about the Aztec treasure, things like that. And Josh was wearing Frisco's teen time jacket. And the bad guys thought that Josh was Frisco because it was yes. Frisco's jacket. The Asian guy comes in and sees Josh wearing the teen time jacket and Terry stopped by their table. They were at Dino's. Where did Dino's go? Right? Because it sounds like it has the best pizza I ever. Know. And <laughs> The Asian guy comes in and sees Josh in a jacket, Felicia and Robin at the jukebox. So we've already been introduced to Robin also, but that's a whole other thing. He slipped something into the drink for Josh. Yes. So he gave it to the waiter Mm -hmm. and pointed out the guy in the jacket. And before Josh leaves, he gets a soda, soda to go and the server slipped something into it before giving it to him. Josh and Terry walk down on the docks and get into a verbal shouting match with Kevin. He and Josh begin to fight and Kevin punches Josh. Josh gets an odd look on his face, grabs his stomach and collapses and dies. Mm -hmm. And it turns out. So then Robert gets a call about Josh and has to tell Frisco that Josh was found on the waterfront and that there was a fight and Josh is dead. Frisco doesn't believe it. He's in complete shock. Has to be a mistake. Robert's like, no, it's definitely Josh. They kept saying that it was Kevin's fault because they had been fighting. Right. But then Robert tells them that Josh was poisoned by cyanide and that Kevin doesn't have a motive for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're trying to figure out why, why. So then Frisco's walking on the docks wearing his teen, ti- teen time jacket. And they two guys. ordered for Josh. Yes. And two guys jumped him. And. He tries to run and hide, and he does. And then he realizes he's wearing the same jacket. So Josh and Frisco from behind probably looked pretty similar. Mm -hmm. And so then he goes to the studio and tells Felicia that they were after Frisco, not Josh. But Josh was killed by accident because he was wearing Frisco's jacket. Mm -hmm. So then... He goes to tell Robert that he wants to help investigate Josh's murder. He wants to actually become part of the police force. Robert's like, uh, no. 
<laughs> you are a rock star. Right. Um, Elvis was temporarily, like, he had, he was part of the DEA. Oh. Yeah. Did not know that. So it, he could have deputized him. He could have, but he said he does not allow civilians in to his police force. Yes. And that was like a known thing. Right. And then there's, there's this whole thing where the green shirts, which are inappropriately named to steal Amanda's phrase of being inappropriate because they wear green jackets. They wear green jackets. Sometimes they have a green polo on, but they wear green jackets. Oh, I only noticed it was their shirts, yep. and then they had that emblem on them. Yep. Well, and that's the thing. So there's an insignia from the ring that keeps showing up everywhere and throwing everyone off track. So then they kept, Robert kept getting letters, mm-hmm. right? And try not to read all of this because there is so much. Well, you have to backtrack to Robin showing up. Oh, wait, wait. There was a bomb threat, and the note for the bomb threat had that insignia on it and then yes go back to okay so at the time like as the time that josh was getting murdered all of a sudden this little girl shows up on robert's doorstep and he's like who are you what's up and she says she was at camp and someone picked her up because her grandmother was sick and this is where they brought her and she doesn't know anything other than she's from new york and now she's here. Her last name was Saltini. Yes. And and he asks about her mom and she's like, I don't have a mom. My grandma and love take care of me. And that is all. And so then. And she made him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> she was so cute. Every part, every interaction with her was so cute. So then eventually. Anna, Sorry. That's okay. Anna goes to the grandma's house, which is Philomena. And Philomena is tied up and Robin's missing. And there's a note that Philomena had that said that since they, since Anna had taken something that was precious to her, that they had taken something that was precious to Anna. And so Anna went to Robert looking for help. And that is whenever she discovered that Robin was actually at Robert's. And so Mr. Wu knew all along that Robert and Anna were actually the parents. Yes. And so he was trying to prove to them that he could steal something precious to them and that he could get Robin at any time. So they needed to give him the black pearls that were in statues that Anna had stolen to frame Holly. Yes. And they kept trying to take Robin's doll. Yes. That was one of the first times also that they did grab it. And Frisco was like right there. Mm -hmm. And so we saw Robin forming her relationships with Frisco and Felicia. Right. Because they were helping take care of her until Anna got there and realized that she was there and what had all, you know, happened. Originally, Robert's just like, hey, I have this little kid in my house. I don't know how to take care of her. Can everyone please help me? He was doing pretty darn good on his own. But he needed help because he had to go do his police responsibilities. So... Felicia filled in a lot there. They had a cute little friendship going. Yes. She called him Robbie. Yes. And then, oh, it was real funny because Robin really wanted pizza. And for whatever reason, they wouldn't let her have pizza. But then I think it was Philomena took her to see Frisco and Felicia at Dino's. Mm -hmm. And Robin wound up swiping a piece of pizza. Yes. Like his last piece. Yes. It was funny. But then there was also a time where... With all these threats, like he had invited Mr. Wu, was it to his house 
or was it to his office? To his office, yeah. But Mr. He pressed a button on his table that was like underneath a picture or something. It took a picture of Mr. Wu. Oh, I don't think I paid that. That was at the very beginning. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been watching this playlist for over a month now. So it's like, I forgot that that happened way back at the beginning. Thank goodness I take notes. (laughs) Because then after Mr. Wu left, Anna came downstairs. Robert opened the drawer, pulled out the photo, photo that had been secretly taken of Mr. Wu. And I said, sometimes I hate technology because this would have been so exciting to think about in 85. Right. It's like, oh, that's amazing. That could happen now. We're all just like, yeah, so you did that. But they also had the Council of Six and Mm -hmm. Sean had escaped jail. Yes, 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 yes. And he joined the Council of Six to take down Robert and Anna. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Mr. Wu was going to help him escape indefinitely. Yes. After he helped recover the black pearls. Yes. So he needed to follow through with these last steps in order to escape for good. So I think we might be okay with, and it was Kim Wu is who laced the cyanide that killed Josh. Yes. That's important to know. Mm -hmm. So I think now we could get started with, the Asian Quarter Mystery from the Scorpio Files? I think so. Okay. I mean, we'll fill in. We might have over-updated. <laughs> but if so, it'll but all make Josh's sense. murder is a thousand percent missing from this entire thing. Yes. And it is so important in the way things are to this day. Yes. So that needed to be. It does. And it doesn't bring, talk about Robin. I mean, it talks about Robin-ish. It doesn't explain a, it. She just kind of. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to get started? Sure. The New York police returned part of the treasure, two stolen jade Buddhas, to Mr. Wu, who was forced to give them to the rightful owner, a wise old Chinese gentleman known simply as the Ancient One. He was the good guy. The Ancient One intended to sell the Buddha black pearls to raise enough money to buy a Port Charles cannery for oppressed people. However, the pearls were missing. (gasps) Unbeknownst to the Ancient One, the secretly sinister Mr. Wu was actually the oppressor of the Asian population of Port Charles. He had arranged for the Buddhas to be stolen, but at the time was unaware of the tremendous value of the pearls. Realizing their worth, Wu assumed Scorpio and Anna must have taken the pearls, and he instructed his grandson Kim to get them back. Newly reunited Robert and Holly Scorpio decided to move to Australia. And we never saw Holly. She was already in she Australia. She was already, yeah, she had already started. left. And I thought it was cute. She kept sending him Holly to remind him yes. of her. That had to be expensive, but that was cute. Um, The same day, Robert Scorpio returned home to his apartment, only to encounter an unexpected intruder. Lo and behold, Robert's visitor was a pint-sized little girl, and her name was Robin. She was so cute. Meanwhile, Anna Devane arrived home to her New York apartment and found it ransacked and an elderly woman, Philomena, tied up. Philomena was Robin's grandmother, and Anna was Robin's mother, although Robin knew her only as a family friend named Love. Unbeknownst to anyone, Robin was in danger. Sean Donnelly received a pardon from the governor of New York and went to work with Wu to find the pearls. So then Frisco went undercover and Frisco Jones joined the Scorpios and went undercover to solve a mystery of the missing black pearls. See, doesn't explain why he cared to do that, though. Right. He was not really in it for the pearls. He was in it to find out who killed his friend Josh. Yes. A suspicious Kim blames Frisco for the failed kidnapping attempt of Robin. How did the green shirts know about it? Oh, because he was working with them. Yeah, this, and he this arranged, jumped way ahead. Wow. Yeah. So Frisco had actually arranged 
to he needed have to turn Robin his loyalty yes. to Mr. Wu. And so he had done a couple things to prove, like Felicia came and found him because Frisco was accused of a hit and run. It doesn't talk about that either. Frisco mm. was accused of a hit and run. Of even, Yank's brother, Tay. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. They like missed a lot. There. Oh. <laughs> so there's also Dr. Yank. Yes. Him and, oh my God, Frisco's brother. Tony. Tony. Worked together. together. <laughs> I'm still, my brain's still <sighs> not working. I'm sorry. So Tony and him worked together on the mobile ambulance or mobile hospital, which we've talked about before, not knowing what that was. The and now van. we find out. Medical van. Medical van. And so he had a brother that was working with Wu, but then didn't want to work with Wu anymore. So he was just trying to get back to his brother. And he was involved in a hit and run and died. And the car that was used to hit him was a black sports car, which is what Frisco has. And so Frisco said to Robert, hey, let's pretend like I'm the one who hit him so that everyone hates me and I'll be on the run. And then I can get in with the bad guys and figure out what's going on here. Yep. And so Robert knew the whole time, but Frisco had to cut everyone else out of his life and be a total jerk to them. So Felicia came and saw him and was like, please come home. I love you. I'll help you. And in front of the bad guys, Frisco had to be like, no, I want nothing to do with you. We are done. And so he passed that test. And then they just kept giving him these different tests that he had to pass. And the final one was to kidnap Robin, but he obviously didn't want to hurt Robin. So he had told Robert what was going on and they turned it into a game and she was so. Yes. That was very smart. It was very smart. Yeah. But. So background about Yang, Robin thought that he looked familiar. Mm-hmm. Because she saw him at camp. Yes. Because that's the only, brother. And that's one of the only things that she could say was, well, I used to go to this camp. Yeah. You know, we used to go to a park. Mm-hmm. When she's referencing where she used to live or where she comes from and everything. Right. Because she's like, she sent, wait, she got picked up at camp and brought to Robert's house in a limo. Mm-hmm. And they just let her go. Yeah. Because they had a note. That they from mom, know, they from, know, Philomena. from Philomena. Yeah, the, Saying the, that, the signature matched, so that meant this was all legit. Yes. And Yank had been receiving um, notes. Yes. Wow, they dumped ahead on this. Yeah. Oh, so then <laughs> that's where, you know, Frisco's undercover and Kim's questioning him. How did the green shirt shirts know that they were going to? Because they, it was, it was very like a domino effect. It was. They grabbed Robin and within seconds. This doesn't talk about the fact that what you were saying before, the green shirts insignia was on the bad things that were happening around town on the yes. notes. And they had planted a bomb that um, Anna had to go and defuse. Yep. And it had the green shirt insignia on it. So at first they thought the green shirts were the bad guys. And then they realized that the green shirts were being set up by Wu and that they were actually helpful. So they trusted the green shirts with knowing that she was going to be kidnapped and that they were supposed to intervene and beat Frisco up. So it looked like he kidnapped her, but he didn't actually get to take her to the bad guy. And one of the reasons why they thought it was the green shirts that were causing all the problems is because Mr. DM, who was like the honorary mayor of the Asian quarter, AKA George Takai. Yeah. From Star Trek was on general hospital as DM playing the mayor of the Asian quarter. And this was 1985. This was definitely, he was known. Yes. And he was, he was working. I don't want to say he was, he was working along with Mr. Wu, but I don't think he was fully, I think he was being used by Mr. Wu. 
for his benefit. Yes. But not necessarily a hundred percent sure what the heck was going on. Mm -hmm. But they used him to say, Hey, this is the group. This is their symbol. It's coming in everything. This is when Mr. Wu went to Robert and said, yeah, here's another report. And then that's when Robert got the picture Mm -hmm. of this. I'm really sorry. (laughs) I should have done better. No, I don't feel like you should have done better. I feel like we over-researched compared to our resources. No, because this is all important. But they write it up prettier. So it's just easier to read it aloud and then fill in what they've missed. Yes. So then, and at one point the green shirts had been brought in. Because they were essentially like the neighborhood watch yes, for the Asian co-op. You know, they were bringing in people who were new to the area, kind mm-hmm. of showing them the ropes, helping them find their way. Right. And the whole time, Yank is like, no, they are being set up. There's no way that they did this. And Anna also owned a self-defense yes. studio. That was so cool. Yes. And then... And so, like, she had, like, a good relationship with them. Mm-hmm. She questioned them, though. At one point, she mm-hmm. grabbed the one and pinned him down and was like, I'm going to take your ring unless you tell me what's going on. Because then Kim tells Sean that there's a new in- immigrant, and that was Tay, mm-hmm. who, if allowed to talk to certain people, could be a problem. Kim tells Sean that Frisco is a threat, and he has seen something that could put Kim in jail, and he will make sure that Frisco won't talk. Sean states that he will not be part of a murder, too, Uh because they were trying to get Sean to kill Frisco. Mm -hmm. See, this is where Sean's getting a little bit No, he still wasn't good. He wasn't good yet. A little bit better. He had one boundary. I'm not going to kill someone for you. (laughs) It's a boundary. It's better than some other people. (laughs) Kim wants Frisco out of Port Charles, and Kim will make sure that Frisco leaves Port Charles and will keep his mouth shut. An associate comes in and tells him that they've caught Frisco outside. Sean prevents Kim from leaving and tells him that they're going over Sean's plan to retrieve the pearls. And then Anna's pictures are used to identify all the members of Wu's council as leading citizens from across the country. But there's hint of some mob connections. She was good down on the docks with her camera, just clicking away. They asked her, like, what are you taking pictures of? And she had a good cover story of how that used to be the Italian quarters. And she just wanted to take pictures because her family had come through there. Yes. And then Sean showed up to Anna's self-defense class and he threatened. He did. To steal Robin. He did. That wasn't so nice. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. It was not. I didn't say he was 100% better. I said he's getting better. And then there was the whole... Okay, so let's... We'll get back to here. Okay. Because Frisco also explained away... Like, he tried to explain away to Kim Mm -hmm. how all that happened. And then it says, Felicia's search for her lover brings her to the bamboo bar. Suki bops in, humming one of Frisco's songs, and Felicia presses him to take her to her lover. So this was... <laughs> keep saying lover. <laughs> I don't like that you're saying it wrong. Lover. This is not the Shannon way. Lover. I didn't like this Suki dude because he was singing Lady of My Heart, and she says to him... No, Suki was the... So Suki and Olin... Olin is the grandmother. Yeah. Suki is the teenager. Yes. But I didn't like the way he talked to Felicia at that moment. Oh, her. She's the she. Okay. I thought. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't like the way Suki talked to Felicia because Suki was singing Lady of My Heart. And Felicia said, I know that song. You must know that song from Frisco. Take me to him. And he said, I don't know who you think you are coming in here and like 
flirting people up and stuff to get information, but that's not how it works. And I was like, she was not flirting. She said to you, hey, I know that song. Right. But also to assume that you know that song, so you must know Frisco, take me to him. Perhaps. But... So they blindfolded her, or he blindfolded her. Yes, but before this, Frisco had met Suki and Olin. Mm -hmm. And this is where, like, a lot of the stuff was wrong, because there were two cops. Mm -hmm. And one of them was Asian, one of them was white, and the white cop said to the Asian cop, and was like, you can talk to her. And she goes, I know English. So I loved that. Yes. But she's like, my grandson taught it to me. So she uses a lot of 80s slang throughout this entire... This entire, and she's like, he watches the TV, man. <laughs> she was so cute. She's the one that said she made $5 an hour for yes. all that work. Yes. But that's where, so in here it says, blindfolded and wearing a large hat, she is led to Olin's, quote, crib. Uh-huh. <laughs> because that's the cool not 80s word for it. Yes. Uh, groggy Frisco, responding to Felicia's voice, wakes up and realizes how she has jeopardized herself, tells her to get lost. If you're trying to kill yourself, you might as well take me with you, she sobs. Frisco never blows his cover, but he exhorts Felicia to stay out of the, but he tells Felicia to stay out of the Asian quarter. And the thing that they're forgetting is that, so he went to the bamboo bar, got smashed. Mm -hmm. And was this when Felicia and Tony went on the news? This was after. This was was after they had gone on the news. So Frisco was fleeing at this time because he was supposedly on the run from having killed Tay. Right. Right. He was, he was trying to mess up his reputation. Yes. So that he could get some information on who had killed Josh. Yes. So he got all drunk on he camera. Wasn't even drunk. He knowing was, that the, well, he was pretending yes, to be drunk. Yes, yes. Knowing that the camera crew was coming from his show. So everyone saw him drunk. And that's why it was believable that he was the drunk driver yes. that killed um, Yang's brother, Tay. Yeah. Yang? Yank. Yank's brother, Tay. So this was after all of that because she had found, she didn't, hadn't she found Frisco once before? And he was like, no, I get think away. So. Yeah, she yeah. had because that was the first test she found him yes at the bar and he was like i don't want you looking for me i'm on the run get away from me blah 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 and that was the first test to prove that he was loyal to woo and then they bring him her later to see him at their crib <laughs> and then he again tells her I, he's a little nicer this time though because he's like i don't want you hurt i don't want you in trouble right. you need to get oh, out he of was here ne- nasty the first time yeah he was horrible so then before leaving felicia is now by kim's men kim's unable to force her to reveal the location of the black pearls and to admit that frisco is a double agent can't really be a double agent when he's not even an agent right sean then gives her an ultimatum deliver the black pearls in 24 hours or it's curtains for frisco an anxious robber musters all of his composure to fend off the demands of tony jones for a step step up pursuit of his brother and now felicia Scorpio explains explains that they are doing all they can and they can't begin to look for Felicia until she's gone for 24 hours. Felicia claps into Anna's arms at the house and gets Tony off his back. Frisco's brother announces his own crusade to find him. Aware of the imminent threat to Frisco's life and the deadline for the pearl delivery, Scorpio warns Tony to stay out of it. You'll only make matters worse. 
Tony finds his badgering works much better on Felicia. She has had enough sense to caution Tony to trust Scorpio, but Jones works himself into such a froth that his hysteria sways Felicia. In a matter of minutes, Felicia tells Tony that Frisco has 24 hours to live and finally where she found him. With Jake at his side, Tony makes a beeline to find Suki at the bamboo bar. And Jake is Frisco's attorney. Yes. All right. So what did we miss in that section from here? I feel like that got it all. That's what happened. Okay. Except for, um, what's Tony's girlfriend's name? Seal? No. His wife, Tanya? Yeah, his wife, Tanya. I wanted to call her Seal, because that's that other chick. Tanya was like all kind of nasty at Felicia for giving out the information. Yeah. And she's like, don't you care about Frisco? And she's like, no, you're sacrificing Tony for Frisco and that's not okay. And Felicia's like, I'm not trying to sacrifice anybody. I just want my man home too. Yes. Awful. The clock is ticking. Tony and Jake find Suki at the bamboo jukebox. And that was like, whatever too. They asked the bartender if they knew who he was and the bartender's like, no. And then they go over to the jukebox and they're like, we're looking for a song from Frisco Jones. And then that starts oh, the whole conversation. Was, Olin was singing all I need. Yes. Yes. At great risk, he agrees to take only Tony to see Frisco, leaving Jake behind. And that made sense. He said, I can't be seen with two people that don't belong down here. We're going to have people looking at us. With rumors of Wu importing some New York muscle for a second rumble with the green shirts, Frisco wants to warn Scorpio via Suki. He is not in the mood for a reunion when Tony arrives at Olin's. He receives the same total rejection of violence as Felicia. And I felt he, like he was more rude to Tony. Tony returns defeated to Tanya and Felicia. Felicia and Olin agree he needs a new hideout and scan a map of the quarter. Felicia shows Yank a note she's received. Your friend lives until one more sunset unless the goods are delivered. She asks him and Jade to help her find the pearls. Yank is willing but doesn't know if Wu's granddaughter can be trusted. In grilling Jade about Wu and Kim's activities, Yank finds out how blind she really is. Jade gags on the awful truth. Your grandfather has a slave market in the Asian quarter. She sees brother Kim collecting extortion money in the bamboo bar and later confronts her beloved grandfather about Kim's protection racket. When Wu tells her to stay out of the family business, her heart is broken. Her bubble burst. She rolls up her silk sleeves and tells Yank Wu's plan for the cannery. And Jade is Tia Carrera, who was in movies like Wayne's World. She played Wayne's girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, she had, they didn't have a thing going on just yet, but they have definitely had feelings for each other. And so that was why they weren't sure who could be trusted because her family was awful, but she really didn't know what was going on. And Jade is Kim's sister. Yes. Which they don't. Maybe we should have done that first. Like, here's your <laughs> right, hierarchy like for who, family. Right. And the ancient one is Yank's grandfather. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Wu is Kim and Jade's grandfather. Yes. I think. And Suki and Olin are just members of, but they're part of the Asian co-op. Yes. I think that's everyone that we have met thus far. Yes. Okay. Assigned to their Assigned to their rightful families. Yes. Scorpio and Anna rehearse their plan to deliver the Black Pearl's fabulous fake ones to Wu. 
They hope it takes Wu so long to certify their value that Anna and the green shirts have time to rescue Frisco. Scorpio is admitted to Olin's by Suki to prepare Frisco for the rescue. And he was like undercover with like dirt all over his face and this like weird hat. And yeah, like he looked, you couldn't see him. Right. He looked he like he had been living on toe. the streets for a while. So Olin digs the plan in Scorpio's costume. Keep jamming on the job, Jasper, she tells him. The way she talked was so funny. Yes. Both sides jinx the rescue effort. Yank discovers from Jade that Kim and Donley have moved up Frisco's time of execution. When Scorpio finds out, he dashes a note to Wu, promising to deliver the pearls, which only convinces Wu that Frisco is an undercover agent. Why else would Scorpio try to save his life? Wu decides that after the pearls are delivered, they will kill Frisco anyway. Yes. So then Anna switches places with Robert. Mishap number two occurs courtesy of Anna's nimble fingers. She tells Scorpio her terrible premonitions about his mission. If their timing is off in the least bit, he will be alone and surrounded by Kim and his men. Scorpio reveals how worried he is by handing Anna a copy of his will, which contains a new paragraph, leaving half of his possessions to Robin. <laughs> he asks Anna to tell Robin he is her father if he doesn't return home. Anna is sure they'll be very happy one day in Australia, he, Holly, and Robin, and decides to guarantee their futures together. That's right. She was suggesting to Robert to take Robin to Australia, she was... That was actually Holly's idea. Yes. Holly called and Holly said, offered, I will keep your daughter safe if you yes. want to send her here. Yes. It was Robert and Anna were having this conversation, an actual conversation, not the way that we sometimes say people have <laughs> conversations. They were actually having a conversation on the couch and you could see Anna's, oh yeah, she'll finally have a mom and a dad. Yeah. So... She then immobilized Robert and renders him unconscious by applying extreme pressure to the nerves in his neck as she tries to leave the house to save Frisco. Why does Anna not do these things now? I don't know, but she should. Anna ties his feet and handcuffs him to a chair. When the green shirts arrive, Anna tells them the change of plans. Yank is now in charge of rescuing Frisco, and she will deliver the pearls to Wu. I have made certain one of Robert's parents will stay alive. She says, embracing possible martyrdom and it was really cute because robin comes down the stairs and is like robbie you're sleeping <laughs> oops and she thought they were playing another game yeah fear has emptied the streets of the asian quarter and as anna takes the long way to the woos she is followed by kim's men and woos new york reinforcements anna meets buzz striker whose medical van has had one patient all day alert to the danger she faces he tries to stop her but she tells him plainly that she is on a mission to save her and, yes, Robert's child, Robin. Don't let Robert follow me, she says. Buzz keeps Wu's hounds at bay and with the help of Yank and the green shirts. In his apartment, Wu tries to recall the old double agent days with Anna, but she demands to see Frisco before turning over the pearls. Kim grabs them, takes them downstairs to an expert jeweler. He returns and smashes them into dust. This is an insult which cannot be forgiven, says Kim. Wu's Wu orders Frisco's execution, confident with Anna as his hostage, he will get the real pearls. He's feeling lucky. Derek Barrington has given him the option to buy the cannery if the Asians don't meet their deadline. And they had shown that in the beginning, too. Him trying to buy it, on, like, it didn't matter that they had a contract. He'd pay more money. He could do this. And they were like, no, we have 
a contract that we have to follow through. They are going to make their final payment in a couple weeks and then everything will be fine. Yes. Rumble in the quarter. The most unexpected complication comes from Robin, who perhaps has played one game too many. When the little girl sees Robbie cuffed and bound. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I prefaced that before. Okay. Continue. You're okay. When the little girl sees Robbie cuffed and bound, that's precisely what she thinks it is. Another game. Fair is fair, says the little girl when she refuses to free Scorpio. It's love's turn to win one of your games. Robert finally convinces his daughter the game is over. I wonder if you've ever known how truly special you are to me, he asks her. I love you too, Robbie, she responds. You're very, very precious to me, he reiterates before leaving. Buzz cannot detain him when he races through the Asian quarter to save the mother of his child. On the premise that she needs her sewing equipment, Olin negotiates her way past Kim's guards into her apartment, where Frisco is being held captive. Upstairs, she dawdles and knocks jars and jars of beads to the floor. When the one guard in the apartment lunges at her, he loses his balance and Olin pushes him to the floor. Frisco helps her heroine by giving the guard a good swift kick and then a right hook to the jaw. The old chick sets Frisco free, but says they should stay put until Scorpio comes for them. Down the street, the rumble kicks up between Yank and the green shirts and Kim's men. To bolster their fists of fury, Kim shows up with some guns and Sean Donnelly. Just before he is knocked out by the butt of a gun, Yank hears gunshots and sees Donnelly step in front of Frisco. He did not step. He jumped. He supermanned it in front of Frisco. Both men go down. Robert puts Kim out with the same finger technique Anna used on him and rescues Anna. Seeing his grandson in a heap, Wu offers no resistance to Scorpio as he escorts brave Anna from the room. When they meet up with Yang, they learn that Frisco is shot and probably dead. When Olin and Suki tend to the shot, badly bleeding Donnelly and the unconscious Frisco, Robert Scorpio comes to terms with Tony Jones' wrath over his brother's death. Robert and Anna tell Tony and Tanya Frisco died to save the life of Robin, their daughter. Before they have time to absorb that, Felicia arrives to hear the grim news. Meanwhile, in an abandoned room in the cannery, Suki and Olin witness a miracle as Frisco comes to. And I think with that, we're going to have to end part one. Ooh, that's a good cliffhanger. I think so. So... I think that we have like a good foundation established now, hopefully. Hope. Yeah. Yeah. You're hooked. Hopefully. Yes. And we will have part two next week. But in the meantime, join us on Monday as we recap this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet with the peer. Bye. Bye. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to peer54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Pure 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.